Hi, I'm Mark, and you are listening to the third episode of the Hala Hala podcast. For today's episode, I'm in the Joji Artist Village on the western half of the island. It's a very cool area, chock full of artist residencies, hip cafes, and museums. And today, I'm lucky enough to be with the channel's first guest artist, Eugene Lee. Thanks for joining us. Thank you for having me, Mark. Yeah, yeah she runs the very well known Next Door to the Museum. We'll get into that later. Thanks for coming, and thanks for just,、uh, I mean, look at this backdrop. If I could describe to our listeners, it was really hard to find. The right place to hold the interview. I'm, I'm really thankful it's not raining, but every angle here is just awesome. Behind us, we have chickens and sparrows eating together in harmony. <laughs> just to my right, we have a dog just passed out on the grass.、Um, this is fantastic. This is a lovely backdrop. I'm so happy. This is exactly what I wanted. Aww, so, thank so, so thank、much. you for providing, thank you for having this. Oh, yeah, you know,、sure. just for me, just for, my, <laughs> just for my channel. You're so special. Yeah, well, yeah, I, someday. So, that's what my mom says.、Um, <laughs> so, the first pair of questions that we ask all of our guests are Who are you and what brought you to Jeju?、Uh, so, my name is Eugene Lee, and what brought me to Jeju? I wanted to live my. 30s and 40s in the countryside,、um, away from the city, the competition, and the, you know, being the slave of many jobs. So、yeah. I think that was my initial reason. Just、and、any city, like particular city, or just all cities? Yeah, I just didn't want to live in a city anymore. I didn't want to walk out,、uh, out of my house and walk on a cement. Yeah.、Uh, I wanted to walk on a stone and the ground and dirt. Yeah. So, and I was looking at many options, but、mm. Jeju was the perfect place in the end because it's, I'm also I'm Korean. I lived abroad for many years and I wanted to come back home. And Jeju was a place that already many people were going. Yeah. So it wasn't like some random、um, countryside. Yeah. And it had both the city and the nature and ocean and the mountain. And so, yeah, what better place could I have chosen? Now, before you made this big decision and before you chose Jeju, what was your relationship with Jeju before making that big choice? Actually, I came here when I was young on a family trip. And since then, I haven't been back for, I don't know, I can't even remember.、Um, but then, 2017, I did a very short and very alternative artist residency in Daejeon.、Mm-hmm. Um, it was their first year running it. It was, ra- it was ran in a farmhouse like this one.、Mm-hmm. And it was only eight days. It was in a beautiful weather in May. Yeah.、Um, and this was the time I was living in New York and I was thinking,、oh, I want to leave New York City. Where could I go? And so I tried this residency out and I fell in love. You know, it was a beautiful May season where all the tangerine flowers were blooming.、Yeah. And,、um, you know, I was in this beautiful Jeju farmhouse. Yeah, it was just very ideal. So that was that time during that eight days, I decided, okay, I'm going to live in Jeju. And then、yeah. I, I, I declared it to my parents. And then they were like, <laughs> you do what? 
I declare. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, roll out the. I declare that I shall move to Jeju Island. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. And then a year after, I, yeah, I moved. Wow. Yeah. I mean, that's quite a jump from New York to to Jeju. And for those uh, who are unaware, coming in May. Is fant- is a lovely time. I mean, that's the time. It's hard to get a ticket. Yeah. In May, right? Yeah. 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 May and October. Yeah. Right. Yeah. The perfect weather to come. That's yeah. right. That's right. Uh, speaking of artists and you with your art, you describe yourself if we look you up as a visual artist who works with process art and relational art. Now, for those unfamiliar, even me, I studied this. I studied art, and I'm still like, hmm. What was uh, can you tell us what process and relational art actually is? Yeah, I mean, I think process, I mean, you you just take it for, like, literally, process art is art that focuses more on the process rather than the result. So oftentimes, um, the the process of making the art is part of the experience of the art. So that's process art. And uh, relational art is... um, art that has the relationship at the center. So it's not about the object. Let's say there's a painting. It's not about the painting, but maybe how the painting is made with who. Okay. So it could also now, today, I feel like it extends beyond human relations. Okay. It could also be with a dog or with your environment, the ecology at, at large. But essentially, relationships are at the center of the art experience. Do you have any, um, I want to say constructive, <laughs> constructive debates or I, I'm going to say, do you argue with any, has, has it ever come up with other artists who have just argued like, that's not about the process, it's about the result? Uh, some, sometimes, but I think um, when you're younger, I think you, and, and I was like this too, yeah. you, you want to define what art is and yeah. that is the only answer. But as I proc progressed as an artist and I realized that actually there's many different kinds of art and this is the kind of art that I chose to do and it doesn't mean that all art has to be relational and Mm process-based it's just that is the kind of um, expression that I chose and then I I also have friends who are painters purely just painting I love them I love their work I love their um, passion around it so yeah it's just one of many type of art there we go I like that Uh, I mean it's just your jam yeah you know what I mean Mm. that's that's about it um and actually, a mutual acquaintance of ours, she actually lives just right, right back there. Yeah. Uh, she told me that you have said, quote, art shouldn't be passively hung on the wall, but experienced. Uh, is that accurate? Yes, yes. I mean, I say that often. And it's not just about this, what I do like now, relational art. It's actually a term that's um, coined by a French uh, art critic. But in, let's say, in Korean uh, visual culture, yeah. um, we can think about shaman paintings, paintings okay. that okay. are hung while you know shamans are performing That's their right. rituals. Right. Um, they believe that this painting is not just hanging there as a decoration; it's actually a seat for the god to come and sit. Yeah. So um, they consider it more some uh, sort of like an object that can hold certain spirit or energy. So that's why for the longest time, Korean collectors they refuse to pay to collect shaman paintings. Okay. Uh, because they said, you know, then you're bringing in this god, the god who, who which right, how god dare you, don't know, you actually into the home? Yeah. And you don't know this god, yeah. so you cannot. It's yeah. a living thing. So I find that super fascinating, and I because we live in a world where today paintings, especially paintings they're almost like real estate yeah. you know they are yep. purchased for their monetary value which so, rises and drops yeah. and 
Well, axes and wings. And yeah. sometimes it has nothing to do with enjoying the art because because of its real estate value, it, it's kept in the storage. And then right. only the owners change, right? Yeah. And sometimes it will never see the light of day. Yeah. So for me, to think about a painting that is so strong and so living, so alive, that it cannot be just kept away or kept hung in a, as a decoration in the background of your life, that's very powerful. So that's what I would like to create. I don't know if I'm actually creating that kind of work, but yeah. I mean, that's so interesting that you mentioned that because uh, to go back with how... Um, work is like treated as real estate i mean just a certain uh, uh major conglomerate did the past couple of years had, did a massive sale mm. of such works yeah. and people were just chomping at the bit like who right. i mean i mean this country was like well uh, districts were like we want to just open up a museum mm. just to like raise this real estate or just yeah. to have it in it's pretty fascinating yeah. and yeah it's kind of wild if you think of it that way mm. um i've also um had the chance to see some of these like massive buddhist murals i don't i wouldn't say i'm a spiritual guy but i don't know i kind of feel something yeah. maybe it's the lighting or something <laughs> you know just the way it just it does have like a certain aura yeah about it and yeah. also i think it has more of that aura if you see it in the original context like in the temple right yeah because i remember i did a semester in rome when i was in college and i went to all these old cathedrals and churches um and they have the original caravaggio on the wall yeah right? then it's like the experience is totally different from when you look at that in a roof museum you know some big museum so i think the fact that um the art is not just a like a separate entity but yeah. it's part of an environment yep. part of a larger sort of a relation i think I, I like that more i'm so happy that you mentioned caravaggio because uh when i studied in italy just for a little bit uh my professor He's like, Mark, come here. Because he knows I'm a sucker for chiaroscuro, mm, right? I, yeah. I, I love me some yeah. dark darks and shallow spaces. Yeah. I love that stuff. So he's like, come here. And uh, and we just go into, it was like an old beat up cathedral. He's like, check this out. And I just turn the wall and it's Caravaggio just massive. I mean, I'm just like, <gasps> yeah, right? And everybody was like, dude, I'm like, are you not... Do you see this? Yeah. You know, I couldn't believe it. And it's even the right light, lighting is different, right? Yeah. It's not like a white cube with like, you know, center light. It's just, it's very dark. Almost yeah. you can Like that chiaroscuro, it's even more drastic in that kind of context. Yes. Yeah. yeah. And, but even when I saw it, it was in like the, the afternoon. Mm. But just the the coldness and the dankness yeah. of, the, of the, the surrounding, just, I don't know. Yeah. I was else. just really beside myself yeah. when I saw that. Yeah. Awesome. I'm glad you mentioned that. Wow. <laughs> that's a, that's a memory, core memory unlocked. <laughs> now, um, a major artistic event that just finished and you know, we talked about this, you are, you know, taking a break right now. <laughs> you are taking it easy because earlier this month, the third Jeju Biennale just finished and, uh, ND to the M mm -hmm. or next to the museum played an integral part and can you actually first can you explain what next door to the museum is so um where we're sitting right now we're sitting in the garden of the next door to the museum basically it's literally a house that is next door to a Jeju contemporary art museum yeah. museum of art 
And um, this is actually where I live and I also create art. And I've been sharing this space with other artists by inviting them to live with me. So artist to artist, we can live together, inspire each other, make some art. It doesn't, we don't have to show it in the end, but it's more about building, building that um, relationship and also, you know, outside of like a context of, you know, like a museum or um, like an institution. Yeah. Yeah. So I've been doing that for four years and uh, I think you can see in the background there's a mural. Um, this mural is also painted by one of the resident artists uh, from Busan. And so I've been doing this and then and then Jeju decided to hold uh, their, their third Biennale yeah. um, after five years and after COVID. And so it was like a big deal. And um, the artistic director um, for this year's Biennale she um, wanted to do a show around the theme of um, like uh, environment and uh, climate change and the Anthropocene, like the hot keywords in the art world. And uh, she was looking for um, exhibition venues. Of course, the two museums in Jeju are the main venues. And then she wanted to have some satellite venues. And since my house is also conveniently right, like five minutes Next away. Next door to the museum. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> she came by. Initially, she wanted to hire me as like a full-time curator. And I said, oh, I'm, I'm How did she find out about you? Uh, I was recommended because okay. the, the director of the Jeju Museum of Art, okay. who's the host of this biannual, um, she, we've been friends for a couple of years. Okay. So she said, okay, there's an artist who runs this space. Maybe she also curates so she can maybe be your curator. Mm -hmm. um, and then I said, I don't want to have a full-time thing because this is actually not my main thing. My, right. I'm, I'm an artist slash a curator. very different animal, curating. Yeah, yes. yeah, yeah. So I didn't want to do it like a... Respect. Yeah. yeah. So then I suggest... And then she came to see the show and she's like, oh, this space is so nice and maybe we could do something with it. And I said, oh, I would be very open to that. Like if I could do what I've been doing so far, invite an artist and they can stay here for a residency and then show the work, the result of that work during the biannual. So this could be like a venue, uh, one of the venues. And she really liked the idea, so we pursued it. Yeah. Well, I got to say, the, we had a chance, uh, PD and I had a chance to participate in your event. Yeah. And we're, we're not throwing shade anywhere else. Cause we're, 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 okay, we're kind of putting preference here, but this was a standout uh, experience. <laughs> it, was, it was fantastic. And it was all free, mm -hmm. which was crazy. Yeah. Um, and just the experience, it, it, it was relationship art, it was process, mm -hmm. and there was a bit of food involved, and there was uh, just community involved, and it was different things. Like, at one point, we did the made the kimchi, but mm -hmm. then we also enjoyed inside, we had the, uh, the uh, curry yeah. made by your residential artist, who is Rikiri Tiravani, yeah. and who happens to be your professor, yes. right? Your graduate professor. Yes. So... Where do we where where do we start here? Where do we start? <laughs> See, yeah. what, what you just said laid out all of that. Yeah. If people who haven't seen the show yeah. listen to it and be like, what the f are you talking yeah, about? Yeah, yeah. You know. And yeah. I realized during this show, people always ask me like, explain me what like, you're what doing is it? there. Yeah. Like I realized I cannot explain it words. You have to experience it. Yeah. I cannot. I can explain what is happening like throughout the one hour tour. Yeah. But even after I explain it, they're kind of like, I don't really get it. You because know? it makes me kind of tired to try to explain everything exactly. that goes on too. And then I realize it kind of relates to the previous conversation about the, you know, like shaman painting. It's like, it's like the kind of art that you cannot explain. Yeah. Like you have to experience it. It's right. that kind of art. And that is what relational art is because so many things uh, um, happened with 
the audience, whoever the audience is, is it also creates a variation of that experience. So yeah. not everybody's going to have the same experience. And so, yeah. You too, from the other end, because yeah. you're holding it, it's 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 uh, going to be very dynamic yeah, yeah, each exactly. time. How many how many uh, workshops did you hold each day? Was it two? It was three sessions wow. yeah, per day and wow. one hour each and yeah. five days a week. Yeah. And yeah, every, like I think in the end we met maybe around 1,000 people people yeah through and every single person i talk to one-on-one so it's kind good of good for you yeah, wow yeah. jeez and the artist uh let's talk about him i mean you start <laughs> you, yeah okay, so yeah. so this whole project is a, a artistic project by recruit tirabanit who was my grad school columbia um, professor and currently a very good friend and mentor and all of the things that i explained i think is at the essence of his work too mm-hmm. he said at the uh, artist talk that we held that sometimes he like he liked to present work at an unfinished stage because yeah. the audience comes in and then they complete it in their own way mm-hmm. and that there is some beauty in, in that and it's not always intentionally he presents something unfinished but some things happen in the process of putting an exhibition together and maybe in other for other artists that would be like almost like a catastrophic thing yeah. but for Tiravani he always sort of welcomes that he's like oh, okay if not all parts of the you know, let's say an installation came from Mexico, if some parts are missing, maybe we can continue making it while the exhibition is going on, something like this, right? Right, that's what he talked about. Yeah, yeah, so he kind of keeps a lot of doors open in, in the exhibition so that it's not like a complete work that someone has to understand in one way, but it's a work that you can enter and you can change and shift and you be part of the work by doing that. It's like it's like 20 levels above like going with the flow. It's not just like, <laughs> you know, just he's like, yeah, man, whatever. Like yeah. there's definitely process and thought yeah. and problem solving yeah. to yeah. his work. And, exactly. it, it, you know, just there's a bit of like like a little of an architectural element to it mm-hmm, and just mm-hmm. that literal building and figurative. Yeah. It's, it's really fascinating. No, he calls yeah. it like a platform, you know, yeah. his work. So many things can happen in the platform. Platform is like a framework, right? Mm-hmm. And different people use it different ways, like uh, Instagram or whatever. Mm-hmm. So I think what he's doing is quite, um, yeah, quite, I would say, contemporary um, and not this sort of a traditional idea of art. Yeah. Hanging on a wall, and the sick thing was, he was here. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, come on, that that was like, yeah. that was amazing. Yeah, but was oh wait, was that kind of was that planned or how that was pretty much planned from the get go? Yeah, or? from the beginning. Yeah, um, the the deal was okay. He has to come and do the residency <laughs> because that's the main part of this space. So how did you type the email like, pretty please? <laughs> you know, <laughs> I sent him a message. <laughs> hey, and then I hey, said, come to JJ. I said. Richard, yeah. I need to talk to you. I'm serious. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> and yeah. then we had a phone call. And it, and immediately he's like, I would love to come to Jeju. That's and awesome. whatever you want to do, like, let's do it. It's going to be fun. How many times has he been to Jeju? So he came uh, in in September last year just for one day trip to see the space, just to get the feel of it. But he okay. got, he, a lot of the ideas, the central ideas came on that day. Mm-hmm. And then in October, he stayed here for seven nights for the residency. Yeah. And then he sort of um, completed all the details of the concept and how the tour is going to be. And, nice. Yeah. And then 
um, once the show was up, I was sort of his avatar and doing the tours. I and, see. And um, giving and creating this experience for the audience. And then he came to meet the audience in January. He, mm-hmm. he was here eight nights, so longer. Mm-hmm. But, uh, you know, like um, the Lunar New Year was part of it. So yeah, we, we ended right. up holding like three events um, throughout this eight days. And yeah, we did the kimchi making event. Yep. We did. Um, we invited the Jeju ceramicist, whom he collaborated with, and uh, created a very impromptu, like firing clay kind of event. Um, and then we did the artist talk. Yeah. The artist talk. It was funny to me because I feel like some. Uh, I, I, hey, you know, I, it was just. I'm not naming names or anything, but I, it was funny. To it was interesting to see. Uh, well, one everybody asked questions, which was cool. Yeah, that everybody was a part of it. Yeah, but I, I felt like some audience members they wanted some deep, profound explanation. Yeah. but isn't it? But don't you mean? And the kid's like, eh, like that's life, baby. Like I don't know. It just it, yeah. it, it was just very like, I don't know what else to tell you. I mean, I just yeah. did this because of this, and that's that. And I feel like uh, I don't know. I feel like some members were like. Hmm. Maybe yeah. they were just. And he was that kind of professor too. Yeah. Because when you're like a grad student, student yeah, you're very serious, just, right? Yeah. Art is very serious, so you you want answers from yeah. these um established artists. Yeah. <laughs> and then he's always sort of avoiding the answer somehow. Yeah. And I think he did that in the artist talk. I think a lot of people, you know, they, you know, a lot of people who came to the artist talk, they experienced this exhibition, so yeah, they, they felt true. something, right? Yeah, right, right, right. And they right. wanted answers, right? <laughs> Why do I feel this? <laughs> Tell me, please. Tell me, please. Yeah. But then his whole thing, the point is not to give answers, but for okay. people to find it themselves. And I think yeah. that's how he taught me too. Yeah. And at the time, I was very confused when I was a student, but now I really get it. Yeah. I, I, and it works. Yes. Because it makes you think more if he right. doesn't give you the answer. Right. Yeah. That's cool. That's such a cool like coming of age like maturing process as as you as a student. Yeah. You know, just going from like grad student to like adult. <laughs> I don't know, like human. Because we're still kids. We're grad students. We're still kids. We just haven't left school yet. Come on. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I'm, not, I'm not bashing you because I didn't get my MFA. But uh, anyways. <laughs> um, don't it, get it. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Got it. Check. Um, now, if you had to do let's say somehow you had to just just rewind and you had to do this all over again with the same people mm. um is there anything that you would change in like the the execution or process or are you like pretty satisfied with the way things went um i'm i'm pretty satisfied i'm pretty satisfied but i wish um I wish I was less worried. I guess mm. I was. I was very worried yeah. the whole time. Sure. Sometimes I thought I could have enjoyed it a little bit more, um, and I think I could have been a little bit more flexible. But I think it's also me like censoring myself because yeah. Rick basically told me I can do whatever I want because at this point he's saying that I'm you know like basically his avatar or whatever. Yeah, you're there. Yeah. I, I'm the one who's hosting it, and um, but then I still felt like the curator side of me thought. But this is his work, so mm-hmm. I need to sort of really figure out what he wants to do. But of course, like I said earlier, whenever I ask him a question, he's like, "Stop asking me a question. Ask Gun." <laughs> yeah. And then, uh, ask. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. Gun, so. guns, guns. He's the one. He's the fellow who gave us the tea. Thank you, Gun. Thank you very much, sir. Yeah. He's always providing the food and yes, drinks, isn't yes, he? Yes. Yeah. He makes the curry. <laughs> yeah, and that's right. He, yeah, yeah. Anyway, so, so then, um, yeah. But then I really learned a lot from this pro actually executing Rickert's work this time because 
at one point I realized I knew I thought I knew his work very well. <laughs> but actually executing it is a whole other thing. And I really yeah. saw the the really like things that you cannot explain about his work. So yeah. I understood like really the way his mind works. So as the That's show cool. broke progress. So I think I loosened up a little bit more and more. I was more free later than in the beginning. Um, be in the beginning, I was very nervous and worried. I can't imagine. Yeah. 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 So that would be something. N next time I work with him, I think I would be more free and loose. Nice. Yeah. Would you Would you be down to doing something like this again? Um, you mean with recruit or someone else? Oh, or oh maybe the Biennale oh. or you know a different artist or maybe recruit. Yeah, I mean, I think this space I realize is a very um, attractive space for many people yeah. for many different reasons. I didn't really see it that way. I thought of it as more like, oh, it's a great space for a studio. It's a lot of, literally a lot of space and, you know, nature and peace. But I'm um, super jealous. It's so <laughs> awesome. I know. It's really perfect for artists. I mean, I mean I not just thought. artists, but just like people who like the outdoors and oh, yeah, yeah. animals and, mm -hmm. and fresh tangerines off the off the branch come mm. on you know but I, I but but i really saw it more as like people who can stay here for like a like a good amount of time to yeah. really get seeped into this environment but then doing this show i realized people who were here just for just one hour they were having this amazing experience too and some people even cried in the show you know wow yeah at the end when we're having conversation oh wow it really moved me I, it really made me cry too and yeah and i felt like oh maybe there's something more that could be offered here for people who maybe are just really passing by yeah. you know not not someone that i really want to build a lifelong relationship it doesn't have to be like that maybe so that's something i i'm thinking about and yeah maybe i can open up the space like maybe once a year to do this kind of relational uh, present this like relational work and experience yeah, and the fact not? that you just pump through a thousand people and mm. you just you got to know them at a certain level yeah. at a certain level of intimacy yeah it's pretty amazing yeah, I, I gained so much. Was from that exhaust? Was it exhausting? Were you it tired? It was exhausting. <clears throat> mentally, like, physically, physically oh. exhausting. Mm. But mentally, I was so I was just it was so such a great. Oh, I was. I don't know. I was like I never had this kind of opportunity to yeah. meet people in this way, and in this really positive manner. You yeah. Know? Like and and it wasn't about money wasn't about job work it was really like people were really digging deep in their life and telling me how they connected to the show and that made me feel like we're really meeting as human to human yeah without all these other things that we care about in this society you know yeah that's really rare and i was like wow like i mean yes i it was great to work with recruit but i feel like the thing <laughs> that i got out of it most is all these friends and people that live Recruit's here like, in Jeju. Excellent. That's what I wanted. <laughs> exactly. Well, yeah, yeah. yeah, I think that's yeah. what he wanted. It was your show the whole time. <laughs> and he just flies away. That's yeah. what I'm like I'm really amazed. I'm like, oh jeez, yeah. this yeah, I don't know. He's still giving me all these um yeah. Teaching you these things without without yeah. teaching you. Yeah. Exactly. That's an awesome that's a exactly. that's that's a proper mentor right yeah, there. Yeah, yeah. He's a guru. <laughs> he, yeah. A real guru, I would say. And as we are uh, as we were talking about the space I love to just talk about the literal space that I just previously said that I'm super jelly about. Um, I mean, I look across here. We've got chickens uh, chilling on a picnic table. There's sparrows hanging around. You have a nice little garden. You have a tangerine, uh, little mini orchard. How many trees? Like seven. Seven trees. Yeah. Seven trees. And uh, you got the forest in the background. Um, there's even a, a Johnson Sioux bioreactor <laughs> right there, which yeah. is sick because I've never... 
I've only seen them on YouTube. You know what I mean? It's cool. Yeah. It's cool to see one yeah. uh, in the flesh. So I feel like it's safe to assume that going green and self-sustenance is more than just a hobby for you. Yes. Yeah. No, hmm. it's I think for me really a political almost um, activism in some ways. Like I always was very interested in politics, but okay. always felt very, um, very almost like a. Uh, like what can I do? Like the world is like this, and I'm a mere individual who has no power and influence. Like yeah. what can I do? Like yeah. and what does it matter what I do? You know, that's how I always felt. But then um, moving to an environment like this, where I could actually do more, I could every day I can make a decision that impacts the environment. So and I can see it in my eyes, right? How the plants are growing, or how the animals are, you know, so happy or whatever. And so that gave me a lot of um, empowerment. Like, so I think for me, like this is my life and also political, you know, sort of stance. Yeah. And uh, in the meanwhile, I can also do some experiment in the artistic language. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So it's all of that, all are, tangled up. As you're as you're talking about that, what are some of the like movements and groups that you've uh, participated or worked with? I mean. I actually haven't worked in like groups or organizations mm -hmm. because I'm I'm a little bit of a anarchist. Hence, <laughs> I was that was another question. Is like if you look for uh, Eugene online, it's at Jeju Anarchist. Yeah. Now that's I'm like what what like burn Jeju? Like what does that mean? Like burn it down? Like <laughs> but doesn't she like Jeju? No. So yeah, what's what does that mean? I mean, I think a lot of people have like anarchist. This term anarchism has yeah. a, sort of like a bad rap, negative connotation I, to it. Yeah, yeah I just... think. Um, but actually, I mean, through books in terms of anarchism, I read a lot of Chomsky, mm -hmm. and I really respect him. He's a you know, and and he's very respected academic and political figure. So I don't see anarchism as this sort of like a chaotic society where you can do whatever the F you want. Mm. Um, it's not about that. It's actually about holding the highest ethical standard to yourself. Okay. But believing that every individual in society, if they each held this high ethical standard in their own life, then you can think about it. It's like a butterfly effect kind of thing. It's like yeah. if everybody did that, we, why do we need laws to suppress or, you know, to have this like sort of um, universal thing that applies to everybody because it actually doesn't logically make sense because every individual is different. Right. So to apply same thing to everybody is actually quite oppressive. Okay. Whatever that is, yeah. whether that's democracy or socialism or whatever. Yeah, yeah. In the end, the, what's most important is that you you being able to make that decision by yourself, no matter whether that person tells you that it's legal or not. Mm -hmm. If you can say that this is the right thing and do it, so. I think anarchism for me is like that, which means it's the most freedom that you can have, but also uh, most responsibility you have to also take. You cannot rely on the community or the society or right. democracy to do the job for you. Right. You have to do it yourself. Mm -hmm. So it's a, it's for me, it gives me a lot of power for myself. Um, and then also not trying to feel so, you know, like powerless or, um, just um, give up on the little things that I can change in my life. So that. So because I'm an anarchist, so I'm not really for these um, like you know 70s, 60s, 70s like community oriented kind of 
activism mm-hmm. because I feel like sometimes and Tomsky also talks talks about this he takes um, some examples in Israel like a very um, successful commune how it could also be very oppressive because basically if you make a community you're either in or out yep. and if you want to be in you have to go abide by their rules right yep. and and it could be a great rule it could be a very ethical and great height rule but it's still exclusive yeah. only people who are in that community um, gets that and, and if you somehow um, go off a little bit then you are not welcome anymore almost like, or you have to be questioned you that's know? interesting that you mentioned that because in a place like Jeju mm. with these mm. very tight knit communities mm. they do you know there's a certain way to like like do things yeah. and I, I feel like if uh you, you got to be careful with with how you talk or or yeah. or how you interact or yeah. or do things even on on your own property if if you're in this yeah. one of these villages or communities it's yeah. pretty tough there's a pros and cons to it i mean in yeah. some ways like if you are like let's say invaded then of course it's yeah. important to have this community sure. to protect but i think this is also a very like um like a 20th century mindset yeah. I, I feel like especially for korea i think we're at a stage where we could loosen up more we don't have to have pursue this you know old side communities we can be more flexible about it and and respect individuals different desires and expressions mm. right so that's why i'm not really for being part of a certain organization or group i'm more sort of like i can if they need help or if they're doing something i think i can go and participate and i'd be very happy to support them but um to be to be like signed up as the member and like have this as an uh, like a ins- almost like an inscribed identity. I'm yep. sort of against that, like mm. for myself. Mm-hmm. So yeah, so I would say I'm I'm very for the environmental groups, and I'm always participating in little things that I can. But I haven't really su- subscribed myself to any of mm-hmm. any particular groups. Yeah. Gotcha, gotcha. Now uh, you've got two group shows. Yeah. Opening up in March and April on the mainland, mm-hmm. right? Can you mm-hmm. tell us about them real quickly? Yeah, so because I consider Jeju more like a place where I make art, mostly I sh- have exhibitions either in Seoul or in abroad. Mm-hmm. And I have two shows coming up. One in March is held in this space called um, Ihanyar Yarsa Kinyomgan. And he's the one who was protesting during the, um, the dictatorship era mm-hmm. and got, I think he got hit by either like some. What is it called? Like the baton or yeah. debris or rock yeah, or something? Yeah, f- yeah, by the police. Yeah. And he was basically murdered. Yeah. He died. Yeah. Um, so this uh, place ha- runs a small exhibition space and puts together exhibitions related to, you know, you know, fighting for democracy or whatnot. And the show that I'm part of is um, actually an uh, exhibition about not forgetting and remembering um, the Itaewon incident. And, uh, yeah, I mean, I usually, I think, so the backstory to it is like some of the artists didn't want to do it in that particular space because it actually is also supported by um, the Minjudang Okay, yeah. Um, because they are, there's one guy who was like a colleague to this Yanyo Yersa and they, you know, f- protested together or whatnot. Hmm. So it's um it has a little bit of a political color to it, mm-hmm. but actually for me because I'm an anarchist, I don't really care about the politicians. Okay, I care about the message of the show, and uh, you know, it doesn't mean that I'm supporting Minjudang or whatever. And I I really, I really think this Itaewon incident, it's um it's a really sad and a catastrophe. Where actually from an anarchist perspective, the government didn't do its job. I, I can't believe I can't I can't believe that happened honestly. Yeah. Um, because 
I walked down that particular street, that right. very specific street, many times. Yeah, I know, I know exactly where it happened. Yeah. It was, uh, I was here in Jeju, but I just, I just couldn't believe it. Yeah. It was just, it was like beyond shock. Yeah, you know what I, I mean. No, it, it was. I still can't believe yeah. it, and I, I still feel for the families yeah. and um, and people who lost their lives. I mean, and mostly young people too. Yep. Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah, so I, this is a show to sort of um, be with, stand with the families mm-hmm. and um, express it in, in art form, mm-hmm. this kind of pain and how to you know overcome mm-hmm. together. So it's a it's a big group show about twenty plus artists. Wow! And then the April show, it's a uh, actually one of my friend um, opened a new art space in um, in in Itaewon actually okay. also. Yeah. And uh, it's their first show, Fun. and the space is called. Um, Kelori Chayu. Um, Chayu means freedom. So, nice. yeah. So, I mean, she also has a little bit of a political stance in many things. But, and so she said, whatever work related to freedom, you can. Very um, cool. Yeah. So maybe, maybe now that I'm talking to you, maybe I should do something about freedom and anarchism. Yeah. I'm, I'm just <laughs> a little disclaimer. If she ever opens up a gallery called Anarchy, don't just walk in and start smashing stuff. That's not, that's probably not the message. I know. I'm trying <laughs> I mean, maybe to, you can. Who knows? Like, <laughs> I'm trying to flip this um, like bad name. Actually, yeah. I met Gun online and he said that because I wrote on my profile, free spirited anarchist. And so I, the first question he asked me was like, what do you mean by free yeah. spirit anarchist? And you're so like, got him. <laughs> exactly. It's like, if you're, those, if you're yeah. someone who's asking me that question yeah. and want to know, okay, you, you, okay. you passed the first test. <laughs> you have passed the first so. test. Second, yeah. Yeah, like, <laughs> jump off a cliff. I don't know. Yeah. Like, yeah. Anyway, but yeah. then uh, actually the show, um, because she's also sort of like, she wants to use art to um, be engaging in society or issues of today. So she said that that show, April show, um, because it's a gallery, you can sell the work, and the profit part of the profit will go will be donated to the um, to the to the the Turkey the earthquake. Yeah, yeah, the, the earthquake yeah, victims yeah. and families in Turkey. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. So mm. it will be donated to okay. that um, cause. Mm. So yeah, so okay. I'm like, oh yeah, I'm happy to be part of it. And I actually have one more show coming up this year. It's actually in Jeju Ooh. in September. Oh, okay. In the main museum, Jeju Museum of Art. There they go. I'll be in a big group show and. Um, uh, Thai, another Thai artist will be um, coming in to stay with me from end of June, mm. and then we will collaborate together. Relation, relational, yeah, relational, yeah. nice. research-based and relational. Okay. Nice. Uh, and then we'll present a collaborative work in September in Jeju Museum of Art. So hope many of you who's in Jeju could come. Yeah, come on out. <laughs> hopefully, hopefully, uh, you know our channel will grow by then, and we just send them all your way. Exactly. And don't exactly. just again. Don't start yeah. breaking stuff. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, my goodness, I had a fantastic time today. Thank you oh, for for welcoming us. We have the chickens picking at the wires here. That's that's I love. That's exactly what I wanted. <laughs> I, you know, I wanted one of these chickens to like damage something. I don't know. It just seems kind of cool. <laughs> That'll do it for today's uh, episode of the Hala Hala podcast. Uh, Eugen, real quickly, where can we find you? Oh, you can find me on Instagram. Um, Jeju Anarchist is my Instagram. I do also have a Vimeo. Um, I think you can just type in my name and uh, a website also. Yeah, eugenlee.myportfolio.com. Great. All right. We'll put all that uh, below, so make sure to check that out. And if you're watching, uh, please give a like or better yet, subscribe. You can also follow us on Instagram and find the podcast version on Apple, Spotify, and Padbang. And those links will also be provided below. 
If you'd like to be a guest or, uh, oh man, if you'd like to be a sponsor of the show, I'd be down for that. Uh, seriously, we, we, we will, I will sell my soul. That's fine. That's good. <laughs> that's totally cool. Tell me, tell me, just tell me. <laughs> Feel free to reach us at halahalapodcast at gmail.com. That's H-A-L-L-A-H-O-L-L-A podcast at gmail.com. I've been your host, Marco Insuche, and I hope you join me next time on the next Hala Hala. See you then. Bye.